two words to describe Michael Jr. are funny and strong. Michael's a comedian, so I have to go with the word funny. When you listen to him speak, there's no doubt you will realize his spiritual strength with a depth of understanding of how to help you see Jesus. The delivery of his message is strong. You're gonna love our conversation. Here we go. every show I always like to start out telling you maybe like three words to describe somebody that I have on the show and for this show we have Michael Jr. joining us and I'm just gonna say funny Christian comedian that's all you get wow that's all you get I am so excited to have you funny here Christian and I want to tell you what I like about you redundant though good comedian and funny you really only use two phrases <laughs> I'm not that describable, <laughs> what would you like your third word to be then uh, let's go with um Whatever you choose. We'll just, I'll pick one as you, as you speak. I'll pick a word. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll come pick up the with third. a third one. Okay. Uh -huh. I'm so excited to have you on here. Excited. That's the excited. one we use. Funny. It's overused. Excited. What's Christian. the synonym, though? Because it, that's overused. Excited is overused? Way. Um, but I am excited to have you on this show. Thanks for having me. I'm so pumped. <laughs> like, for real. I want to tell you what I like about you. This is what I like. You're funny. Mm. You're Christian. But this is... This is the distinguishing factor with you. When you share a message, it's so deep that you really provoke people to reflect on the topic that you're t th talking about. That's what I want to do every I time. I know. And I think it's, it's hard to be funny. It's hard to be a Christian. Mm -hmm. But to make people walk away thinking, wow. I remember watching mm -hmm. you. Um, actually, across the street, we were invited to a VIP um, thing with you, we are giving given front row tickets to mm -hmm. the show across the street at the church. Um, mm -hmm. I think by your PR firm or something. Anyway, we sat there. I had no idea who you were at that point. This was That's a few cool. years ago. Why'd you okay? whisper that part? Did you know well, I, like, I had no idea. What I just you were wanted still to. to me. I just wanted to admit you were it. it to I didn't me know who you were. <laughs> That's, so, the voice, that's the voice some of my white friends use when they don't know if they should say black or African-American. Like, so I was, I was hanging out with this guy the other day. He's African-American. And, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, So. Uh-huh. I'll go across the street. We're sitting there listening to the show, and when we left, the one thing I took away was obedience over sacrifice. Mm. I remember that to this day. Even mm. in my notes as I was preparing for this show, I was like... That's the one thing that really that's, stood out. That blesses me so much. And that phrase, I was like, first of all, what does that mean? I really had to think about, I mean, you explained it, but right. I really had to think about that in my own life. What does that actually mean for me? So am I being obedient or am I being like, oh, I'm sacrificing so much wow. to be a good Christian person? That means so much that you remember that because that's, yeah. a, I really want people to, like, we're going to laugh, but laughter just opens up a person's heart. Totally. And if it's open, I want to make a deposit that can make an actual it. change. So to hear that after this time, that's, that's pretty dope. Like, Isn't that's that cool? really, really cool. Yeah. And you do that with everything that I've watched as I've just mm -hmm. been researching you, looking at mm -hmm. all the things that you're doing. Stalking. Your core. Yeah, right. stocking. Yeah. Your book, your course, which I love. I, I haven't got through the entire thing, but I'm mm -hmm. just intrigued by the depth of, and then how you put your analogies in, you put your real life story in, and it all just goes together beautifully. It's it, really kind of crazy genius. the way God, 
has kind of wired me because I can see some things that'll happen and then suddenly we put some stuff with it and then I'm having aha moments <laughs> as I'm saying these things. So we did a, um, I spoke at Gateway Church recently and uh, you probably, if you probably didn't see this on the video because at the end, well, we do an altar call. Yeah, so And good. apparently like 20% of the people in attendance made decisions for Christ. So in the last five years, there's probably been about five years, I think it's been over 70,000 people who made decisions for Christ at a comedy event. But at this gateway event, I decided to do something different with the altar call. I had people stand up, they prayed and everything. And then I said, when we dismiss, for those who made a decision for Christ, I want you to come forward. Yeah. When we dismiss, which means 80% of the people are going to be going to their car and doing what they've always done. But you, as the 20%, I need you to fight through those people upstream and get to what God has for you. So I wanted them to have an experience around. I said, because in life, people are going to try to stop you anyway. Yeah. So why not use this as a metaphor to get to where you're supposed to go? So that's just for you to remember that phrase. That means a lot. Yeah. It's actually from Second Samuel something or another where it says <laughs> obedience is better than sacrifice because it just really is. It's, it is. It's always. I remember reading that scripture. I'm like, Michael Jr. said that. 100%. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I didn't write it. I just want to point it out. I'm yeah, not that old. You didn't. And Black don't crack. Your, but, um, um, your altar call that you were just referring to was the good room. Mm. Um, yeah. For those, everybody listening, go listen to the gateway message. We're going to talk about conflict, and that's what you talked about that in that message. Yeah. But that altar call was so good. Because I was like, I could use that, the yeah, good room. Absolutely. I mean, how many, how often do we hang out in the good room um, and then behind the scenes, right. where, where's Jesus, right? So. I had an idea for a, a painting that shows a woman. It shows a woman hanging out of a window, just saying hi to her friends. Mm -hmm. and you can see the streets and her friends are smiling and she's got her makeup on and she's looking all beautiful and her shirt is all beautiful. But we see her profile. So then we see the back of her, the rest of her feet down. She don't got no, like her clothes are all right. And the house is a mess over here. But she's smiling and right yeah. here saying praise the Lord and everything's fine. But this other half, you get to kind of see what's really cracking. Yeah. And I want to speak to the other half of the lady. This analogy just got real bad because I want to apparently speak to the backside of it. But I do too because so. I think that's a lot of... <laughs> That was really funny. <laughs> Thanks for just announcing it. As opposed to laughing. You just it was really it. funny, but that I just had such funny. a thought. I'm like, this show, that's what this show is about. So this show is about people are struggling mm -hmm. and they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to come outside and say, I am struggling. What they want to do is stuff it in the back room. They don't want other people to see it. Absolutely. And you know what? We're all struggling. Absolutely. We're all struggling. So let's talk about it. Right. And that's what I want people to do. And the other thing I want people to understand mm -hmm. through this show is that we can struggle and then we still live victoriously in Christ. And we want to help people with tools to overcome right. those struggles. At Women of Faith, we not only care about your spiritual health, we care about your physical health too. In fact, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians that our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit and that we are to be obedient to Him by taking care of the body God gave us. Our new sponsor, Faithfully Fit and Free, shares this belief and they're driven by a passion for helping people achieve a healthy body, a healthy spirit, and a healthy mind. You can visit faithfullyfitandfree.com to discover products that give you more energy and support your immunity, along with superfoods, personal care, and more. 
I personally love their mission and their products because I feel incredible taking them and I know you'll love them too. Plus, when you place your first SmartShip order, you'll receive a free devotional. Check out faithfullyfitandfree.com where the focus is on a healthy body, a healthy spirit, and a healthy mind. When life gets hard, it helps to know you're not alone. If you or someone you care about is battling anxiety or depression or loneliness, our comprehensive collection of classes and resources cover more than 100 topics like these. All of our classes are based on biblical truth, giving you hope beyond what the world has to offer. Sign up to watch the Women of Faith collection of classes at Liftable TV and start moving toward the freedom you crave. We envision a world transformed by women living victoriously with Him. We prepare our kids to be able to speak up what they, for what they believe in. God wants to provide for us all the wisdom and the knowledge that we need. He wants you to have a group of friends. He wants you to feel like you belong. He wants you to be in community because we're made for relationship. Watch over 80 diverse Christian programs, including the Women of Faith show and classes on Liftable. I want to talk about conflict because Man. that's a huge struggle, you know especially in this let's, day and age. Let's just, I mean, because I, I can tell by how you get down that you could also act. So let's just um, see if you can follow my cue. You know what? I don't really like you that much. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You don't really like to, me. We're supposed to have conflict right now. You're what don't you like about me? Because... No, you can't say you. You're supposed to say you don't like me because real conflict. Well, I don't like you. I can't stand <laughs> the way you, um, I got nothing. Women don't know how to play this. Bring your husband over here. I'm going to do it with <laughs> So that was a really weak version of conflict. That was a really else. weak <laughs> version because I'm so not confrontational. You tell how we really actually are getting along so well. Yeah. But you're right. Conflict is actually a good, uh, there's a phrase that I use, which is, um, life will bring you people and circumstances to reveal where you're not free. So if something happens, that's actually a good thing. I mean, if you feel the conflict, it's a it's a really good thing. But I'm gonna let you tee it up the way you want to. No, tee I it want up. you to tell me more about what you just said because that's exactly what I want to know about. Because yeah. I think it's it's so helpful for people to understand what you just said. Right. So one of the examples I like to use. Oh, so when I went to when I went to church as a kid, it was it was scary. Like it was really scary. The dude had, a, the, I'm seven years old, my grandmother take me to this church and there's people yelling. This dude on stage yelling and screaming, got phlegm in his throat, he keep trying to get it out. The Lord said, ah, act like you're, ah. it's a black church for those who have never been to one. Not all black churches, it was just that one. The church ain't actually black, it's just a dude on, anyway. So it was really scary for me as a kid and my shoes were like three sizes too small. It was really a very uncomfortable experience for me. And then when I became an adult, Christians would approach me about the Bible. And I would be, and it would be uncomfortable for me. Mm. So, if you would imagine, I could have went home. This probably didn't happen, but I could go home as an adult, let's say 20 years old, and someone approached me about the Bible, and I could just say, I don't like those people. They keep approaching me, and that could be conflict in my life. Or I could look at that conflict and be like, Why is it that when these Christians come around or somebody mentioned the Bible, what is this coming up yeah. in me? What is this? Yeah. And then God would show me if if I if I look at that thing. He would show me, oh, you have a misunderstanding from when you were a child because there's a negative neural association attached totally. to that. So now I'm reacting to what happened when I was a kid. And then God could show me that burden, and then I could take just that burden and give it to God yeah. as opposed to being like, Lord, I'm going to give this all to you. Because more times than not, 
instead of dealing with the conflict appropriately, let's say me and you really did have a conflict, which isn't even possible because I really like you. <laughs> but if we did, sometimes what we think should happen, what I could do is I could ignore you. Yeah. Or I could just completely remove you from my life. I'll never do her show again. Yeah. Or we could come to an agreement, which is okay to come to an agreement. Right. You, I understand your point of view, I understand mine. But how did I really grow? Right. I just, we just came to an agreement. But if I ask the question, what was that that came up in me? Yeah. I like that. What, what was I that? always think about, like, if somebody really annoys me, mm -hmm. I'm like, why was that person so annoying to me? Ooh, it had nothing part. to do with that person. It actually had everything to do with me. Exactly. And what was that? What that? What you're saying is, what is coming, coming up. up in me, right? I'm like, oh, maybe I have something I need to learn it's about you. myself. Yeah. And more times than not, we point at the people. Totally. I don't like those people. I don't like the way they look. But there's something coming up in yep. you. So the example I use in the message was my niece who currently lives with me. And uh, we, we just, we got into it one day and I don't raise my voice. I haven't raised my voice in so long, I mean, in a, a long time. Mm -hmm. And I found myself raising my voice and I was like, what is this? And I, and I dug in and God showed me, he said, ninth grade, you were in a special ed classroom. You were, you were struggling to get out of there because you felt like you didn't belong. And God was like, you're still doing that. That's why whenever someone comes around and a certain type of person comes around who reminds you of that teacher, yeah. Like, I, I w there's no way I could have found that had I not said, wait a minute, what is this about me? Because I could have kept pointing at her. Right. You're crazy. Something wrong with you. She might be a little crazy, too, but I'm, <laughs> I'm just playing. She's probably watching because she's a woman of faith. <laughs> <laughs> so you're completely, I think, I think it's brilliant that you're even having a, the topic of conflict. Yeah. And we're having this class. We want to equip people to know how to handle different personalities like that. I think in the entire class, we're talking about, you know, if somebody wants uh, to feel significant, if somebody wants to feel powerful, if somebody wants to feel whatever, or if they're a pleasing person, mm -hmm. how do you handle conflict with those different people is so helpful and important for us to know in this day and age, especially, I feel like more than ever, we just need to know, we don't have to run away from those people. Not How do we all. handle the conflict? Um, there's another, okay, so to add to your story of your niece, you made the comment, you said, you're trying to position yourself to be right. Tell me about that statement. Yeah, I think so my, my niece said to me, when we're in the middle of an argument, she's, so we're arguing, it's getting a little heated. Yeah. Because her daughter was out by the pool and um, her daughter's black, so. Black people don't naturally know how to swim. It just don't happen naturally. I know that you just showed up just, but we broke the water for a reason when we came out. We just was like, anyway, so, <laughs> anyway, so she's out by the pool. She's by herself. And I'm like, she, she shouldn't be out there. And anyway, we get into it. Yeah. And anytime you argue with somebody or you have a disagreement with them, you gotta look for some truth in there. Right. Cause there's, there's, there's something there. Yep. You, if you're in a place where you can't find anything I mean, there's, there's got to be something there. Mm -hmm. So even though I'm mad, I'm like, Ugh. so what I gathered from what she said was that I don't listen to people. I, I, I don't listen. I try to position myself to be right. And I was like, that's not, not first of all, I, I'm, I know that's not true. But if any of that is true, what about my wife? Because mm -hmm. we, we live together much longer than my niece has been there. So I'm concerned about her, even though I know it's not true. So Can't I go to, wait. it's a completely untrue. <laughs> So I go to my wife, I'm still heated. I'm like, look, she she tripping, right? She's talking about some, 
I don't listen. I try to position myself to be. <laughs> she tripping. Imagine she she tripping, right? And my wife said, "Well," when she said "well," I was I was done. Like, cause I hadn't seen this before. Me and my wife, on a scale of one to ten, our relationship is a nine. Wow. Like we love. Like. Congrats. Like it is so awesome. Like. Like I so love my wife, and we just anyway. So, but I don't want to settle for a nine. Like I want to get to the like. Where's the ten at? Is there eleven? So now I got to do work. I'm like, okay. So I can immediately go to our prayer closet. We got this. We just saw the movie War Room. Uh -huh. There's a dude in it. My exact height. Really handsome. Anyway, so I need um, to watch that film again. Yeah, you should it's see it. It's such a great film. Yeah, you should see it, especially one of those supporting, supporting, supporting <laughs> people. Anyway, so by the name of Michael. Yeah, his name was Michael in the film too. Yeah, it's I saw crazy. that. Crazy. Yeah. So I, uh, so I go in his prayer closet. I'm like, God, you gotta show me what this is. Like, what is this? Why, why do I have to? Why am I trying to position myself for it? And then that's when God said, ninth grade. He said you were in a special ed class, and all of this is true. I was in a special ed class, and my teacher told me one day, why don't you skip class sometime? You're never gonna be anything anyways. And I would work really, really, really hard on an assignment and she would give me a D, which was barely a passing grade. Or I wouldn't do an assignment at all and she would give me a D. She just didn't, she didn't, just didn't care. So I couldn't get out that class. And, and God said to me, you're still trying to get out that class. Yeah. <sighs> you said conflict is the key to laughter and peace. I love that. Conflict yeah. is the key to laughter and peace. Explain that a little more. I mean, we've been talking about that, but how? Yeah, so how does even that work? from a from a peace perspective, we kind of covered a little bit. Meaning, there's 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 some lower level conflict that you have in your life that you're not aware of until yeah. you, until life brings you yeah. a person or circumstance to reveal where you're not free. Then you feel it. You're like, oh snap. Right. But but comedy doesn't work without conflict as well. Because for example, when I, actually this ties in great because that's how it always works. Um, when I said to you, hey, I want to I want to be a gentleman, you, you're you listening like, oh, that's cool. Oh, your yeah. grandmother's going to be a gentleman. That's great. And then I took, and then I said, I'm going to go to one of their clubs. The conflict is they are not gentlemen in those clubs. That, so that conflict actually creates the yeah. laughter yeah. because of that conflict. Well, conflict does the same in the form of life. When you deal with the conflict, there's, there's, some, there's some revelation at the end of it. Yeah. All comedy is is... A, B, three, right? You thought I was gonna say C, but I didn't. Then you realize three actually fits. So, so in in comedy, there's a setup and there's a punchline. Yeah. The setup is when a comedian will use his talents and resources to seize any opportunity to make sure the audience is moving in one direction. Right. The punchline occurs when he changes that direction in a way you're not expecting. Mm -hmm. When you catch on to the change, you receive the punchline, and the results are revelation, fulfillment, and joy. But it's expressed through laughter. Mm-hmm. Life is the same way. There's a setup and there's a punchline. Your setup is what you've received, but your punchline is what you're called to deliver. And most people know their setup, but they don't know their punchline. You're married, you got this house, you got this career, but what is your punchline? Like, what do you call, and when people don't know what their punchline is, they'll think what they need to fill that void is more setup. Mm -hmm. If I could just get married, if yep. I could just have a child, yep. if I could just get this degree or open this business, but what they really need to know is what is their punchline. And just like me struggling as a child with my reading, even your setbacks are part of your setup, so you can deliver the punchline. Mm -hmm. Your call to deliver. I actually cover all of this in the um, in this book that I wrote. Yeah, tell which us is about a, it. Which is available at uh, michaeljourney.com. Yep. Uh, so the book is called Funny How Life Works. 
And we use funny to help people understand some of these life principles that I feel like God has shown me that I get to deliver with comedy. Yeah. It's, it's I so love cool. it. I love the book. I love the course that you have available with it. You're so awesome. It's so good. And Okay, help this me is understand. Why you, this is why your show is blown up, by the way. Because you actually care about the people you interview. Like, you're actually <laughs> into the people you interview. I am. And dope. I actually care about the people listening to it. I actually want them to live in victory. That's one of the things that, when I was uh, a mess, yeah, hit mm -hmm. rock bottom, I mean, I had nothing left. I was like, okay, so what am I supposed to do now? And you were at rock bottom thing. when you met your husband. Yeah, wow. rock bottom. When Two I rock bottomers. Husband. Yeah, I was just, just I at was the bottom, no no oxygen. Disaster. Yeah. Just staring at each other. Yep. Total disaster. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do? And I I've always been a Christian. Like grew up in church, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, you know, always at church. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, but what am I actually supposed you know, so conflict. Practical, right. Yeah. Practically speaking, under biblical truths. How do I actually become a better person? Mm -hmm. You know, how do I live victoriously in life because Jesus is in my life? Not because of how the world teaches me to do this, but because Jesus is in my life. And that's one of the things that you teach through your book, through your Absolutely. course. Absolutely. Through your, you know, every message that you Comedy, share is very yeah. practical help. I want people to, I want people to laugh first. Yeah. In fact, if it's okay, I have a gift for everybody. Can I do that? Yeah. Okay. So my, I, I like to give my, uh, I did a comedy special called laughing on purpose where people can okay. actually laugh. And there's a little bitty message at the end of it, but it's like 70 minutes of just straight out fun. My favorite joke on laughing on uh, purpose is, uh, I was at the mall. I saw a dude who had on a, a white t tank top, like a, like a, but he had no muscles. And I was like, what is that, a wife threatener? That's one of my favorite jokes, because he didn't have just a wife threatener. Anyway, so if it's okay, I'd like to, if if your watchers, watchers, listeners. Whatever you want to call them. If the human Our beings. Friends. How about friends? Ooh, friends. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> How many of us have them? Okay. I was just thinking of, um, what, stinky you, cat, scary cat, scary cat. Oh, you weren't thinking of Houdini? <laughs> I was no. thinking of the show Friends. Oh. What is it? Scary Cats? Or oh, Stinky friends. Cats? Or, yeah. you know, Phoebe sings that song. I have, okay. Yeah. Come back. Yeah, Come you back. lost me right there. So, <laughs> no, I'm just playing. I know what you're talking about. Because yeah. Phoebe, the lady with yeah. the, she's she a lady. She, yeah, she, she likes cats. She liked to sing. Okay. Yeah. Back. Free gift to everyone. <laughs> so, I'm going to give you my comedy special. Um, you can watch it at the crib, watch it with the family, watch it with the kids, watch it with your enemies or whatever. Crib? Crib, yeah. You got like 11, 11 kids, right? Yeah. You got a bunch we of doggone kids. <laughs> I saw them locked up in the closet on my way here. I was like, why is everybody arms sticking out the closet? Help me, I care. They're all adults, so no more of that. Which is really weird. It was yeah. a big arm sticking out of it. It's a really big arm with dog kids. Um, so for, oh for your listeners, if they go to michaeljr.com slash extra, they get my comedy special, the whole comedy special, not a piece of it, not a part of it, but they get the whole comedy special for nothing. Yeah, that's for great. Free, where they Thank can just you. laugh. So it's michaeljr.com slash extra. And we'll I think put they that put down it below too. On the bottom of the screen right yep. here. Cool. We'll do that. As Michael Jr. and I talked so much throughout this show about conflict, one of the questions that came up in my mind is, why shouldn't we avoid conflict? We actually have an opportunity to grow with others 
And with God, when we don't avoid conflict, we have an opportunity to solve our problems with people, with ourselves. We get to examine ourselves. We were talking about that coming up in ourselves or why do we feel this way when conflict arises? It gives us an opportunity to grow with ourselves, with others. And then what's really cool, you guys, is that we get to give God the burden. God says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, it says, I just want the burden. That's really what God's saying. The, the scripture says, then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Do you want to experience a deeper relationship with Jesus? Join me for inspiring conversations that will equip you to walk more fully in God's purpose for your life. On my show, you'll meet a wide range of guests who are impacting the kingdom in meaningful ways every day. Check out the latest episodes only on Liftable. We're both on Liftable. You have a lot of um, yes. wonderful programming there as well. So yes. we're thankful to them. Um, that's part of the reason why we've come together too, is because yeah. of Liftable. So they're You're doing wonderful. really good stuff. You are too. Like, no, no, listen, first of all. Okay, let me, let me test something real quick. Um, and, oh, let me say this too. You're really beautiful. Are you trying to take over the show? Are you trying to take over the show? I, I hope you guys are learning something right now. <laughs> and I think you're really smart too. Thank you appreciate that okay cool. okay so no so here's what happened so i had to say so so i gave so here's what i just did so i, I do this thing at my events where uh um i talk about the importance of giving and receiving mm. and it's very important like a lot of people are good at giving but some people aren't good most a lot of people are not good at receiving mm. and this is a very very important because if you really want god to fully use you you have to understand both yeah. So the way I learned this is I was doing an event. I was on a fundraiser at a Ritz Carlton and I'm on I'm on stage and I and I have these books that I used to sell. I wrote a children's book called the parts we played. And while I'm on stage, I feel like God tells me to give the book away to the people for free. Uh, we had the Ritz Carlton Lord. They don't need a free book. Like, why are we giving free books away? <laughs> they got you know how much they got in their account. So I, and yeah. then he said, OK, I'll give it to them for free. So I said, OK, hey, everybody in the back. My books are going to be free. You don't have to pay for them. And a few people grabbed the books, but most people wouldn't even, and they all wanted the book, but they kept walking by. It was weird. And this one lady tried to buy the book. She was like, I'll give you a hundred dollars for it. I was yeah. like, I I'm said, trying to give it to you. I said, it's free. Yeah. She said, I'll give you $200. And she started getting angry. And I was like, no, it's, it's free. And she left without a book. Wow. And then it dawned on me. So now what I do at my events is I do this thing called not every event, but most of them. I do this thing called communerosity. It stands for community, generosity. Mm -hmm. And I explain to people, here's how this is going to work. Uh, I want you to walk up to the table, and um, if you have the means, you know, buy what you want. That's fine. Uh, but if you don't have the means, I want you to walk up to the table, ask what you want, and we'll just give it to you. Communerosity stands for community, generosity. I said, um, and the reason I want to do this is because there are people in here who don't have much, and you have a hard time receiving. Well, maybe the reason you don't have much is because you have a hard time receiving. Mm. Then I'll ask the question, what number were you in the Starbucks line? And what I mean by that is we always hear those stories of the people, this car paid for the car behind it and behind it. Right. I was in Starbucks line too, and somebody in front of me paid for my drink. And uh, I did a little prayer. I didn't hear nothing. I pulled off with some free Starbucks. I was like, thanks. <laughs> I go back two weeks later, 
the person to drive through, somebody pays for my, my drink, and the person to drive through says, you're the 23rd car in a row. I was like, that is, wow, for real. I did a little prayer, didn't hear nothing, pulled off with some free Starbucks. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Good. If I was going to buy a drink anyway, and now I just get a money, first of all, there's, there's really not a sacrifice. Right. And is it possible that the only person who really gave was the person in the front? Right. Yep. It's also possible that everyone else just had a hard time receiving. It's good. So I also say to my audience, I say there's also people who got a lot of money and you have a hard time receiving as well. So what we ask you to do, we ask you to to walk up to the table, leave your money in your pocket and ask for an item and let us give it to you. Because if you can't receive from me and the people around you, how can you truly receive from a God you can't see? Because mm. he's going to use people like me and the people around you. So we do this. So we do this, right? I remember the first time doing it and people walk up to the table the people were giving giving, but I also noticed a lot of people were hovering. And some people were hovering off to the side and crying in tears. Wow. Because they clearly know, and I, I would say to them, I said, the beautiful part about communerosity is how you do anything is how you do everything. Right. So if you have a hard time giving when you're supposed to give, you're having a hard time giving across the board. And if you find that you have a hard time receiving at the table, you're probably having a hard time receiving at the table. Wow. So I said, I just want you to do whatever you're supposed to do. Hear from God and do it. People walk up to the table crying, struggling to either give or receive, but most of the time to give. And I'm blown back by this. Like the ministry, because again, I want to give people an experience. Just like when you saw the message with the microphone, I won't give it away. But I wanted people to have an experience. And then I was doing an event in Orlando before we bounce, because I know you I know you, you got uh, Denzel Washington out here about to talk to you, whatever. So <laughs> Um, so I'm doing this event, I'm doing comedy and they had a, a keynote speaker at this corporation, but they had another keynote guy and he goes on before me and he's a heart surgeon and he's brilliant. And he talked about doing a heart surgery mo moments after a, a baby came out. And the reason he was successful is because he built a 3d model and practiced beforehand. Wow. The baby was born with only two heart valves and now, and he say to baby and now they're about to introduce me. Who came up with this idea? Right. So, I, so I'm talking to the guy backstage. I'm like, dude, that was awesome. Baby only had two heart valves. It's amazing. Let me ask you a question. How many heart valves are you supposed to have? He explained four. I said, what are they for? He said, well, two of them are to receive the blood. Mm -hmm. And the other two are to pump the blood out. It's good. If the heart isn't given and receiving properly, it's not functioning properly. So yeah. I really love giving my audiences laughter and an experience on what to do next. Wow. So it's, it's really good. Dope. So I'm going to ask you just kind of like a big question that you can just kind of roll all into one. How did you get into comedy? How did you come to Jesus? And how did you decide to put that all together and be very successful at it? Oh, I know that's a big question. No, that's cool. The way I came to Jesus, it's the same for black people. You have to believe your heart, uh, confess <laughs> with your mouth. Um, and then, no, no, uh, in New York City, of, I was I was homeless in New York City. I talk about it in the book. I was literally homeless. My address was 1997 Lumina Drive because I drove a 1997 Lumina. <laughs> so I'm in my, I'm living in my and car. You parked on the east side. I did. I parked on the east side. You did your research. <laughs> I love this. That's yes. what I'm saying. You really love people. Yeah. You can tell when people interview you and like, oh, your book is. I love the color of it. Wow. <laughs> Actually, there's quite a few things I'd like to interject. Like. I want you to add in this part to because it's so good. <laughs> right. Yeah, okay. that book. Uh, but I don't want to ruin every yeah, statement that you make. Yeah, I don't care. Made. No, it's, it's good. My okay. favorite line in the book, 
Oh, did you do the action? Oh, there was an action in the book or something you were supposed to actually do. Because yeah, I always I'm give action. Yeah, don't do the action because it's, it's, be it's not worth it. <laughs> so, um, anytime somebody says that, you, you kind of know how to get down normally. I'll be honest with you. Oh, <laughs> not just right now. Yeah, well, I'm just starting to be honest with <laughs> you now. <laughs> now I'll be honest. Yeah. That's the first thing I want. So, honestly. and then as far as uh, uh, comedy, I was performing at a... No, I wasn't performing. I was at a movie theater in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and the screen went blank in the middle of the movie. And a friend, a German exchange student, said, I dare you go tell a joke. And I didn't know any jokes at the time. I mean, I knew one joke, but it was dirty. And a friend of mine, we made a deal that we wouldn't curse anymore. If he heard me curse, he'd get me in the chest as hard as he wanted to and vice versa. Neither one of us are Christians. We just wanted to expand our vocabulary. That's what we would tell people. <laughs> we actually just wanted to hit each other. So the screen goes blank in the middle of this movie, and there's a stage, and they turn the house lights on. And he said, I dare you go tell a joke. So I got like 12 seconds to rewrite this joke in my head on my way down to the movie, to the, in front of the screen. And I rewrote this joke and I told this joke and all these people laugh. And I felt a high for the first time ever in my life. I don't, I've never done drugs, never smoked a cigarette before, I've never had alcohol. I had NyQuil once. Oh snap, that stuff is crazy. I don't know if you, like one time I had a toothache, I took some NyQuil, anyway. So. I, and I feel this high and it's amazing. And then security comes in looking for me and they want to kick me out. They're like, they're like, where's, where's he at? And this white lady who I don't even know stands up. I thought she was old. I used to tell this story. This old white lady stood up. She's like 40. She's yes. Not even nearly. Anyway, she stands up <laughs> and she says, if you kick that young man out, I want money back. Then these white dudes stood up and then these, these, these black, the whole place stood up and they came to my defense. And it was so powerful. They said, if you kick them out, we all want our money back. Wow. I was blown away by this. And I oh, used to cool. think it was God giving me a glimpse at what he's called me to do, which is to make people laugh. But the glimpse he really was giving me was a glimpse at me bringing laughter to people so they can come together for something bigger than themselves. That's so cool. And now to be able to, to, to know that and to be able to yield that and and do what God wants me to do with it, or, or try to do what he wants me to do with it, is just such an amazing experience. Like, mm -hmm. we have a nonprofit called Funny for the Forgotten, where we go to homeless shelters and prisons and abuse children facilities, and I get to take comedy to prisons. It is oh. the doggone best. Yeah, the one thing they need so much is just Absolutely. some time to laugh. To have laughter and cigarettes. I mean, that's what they really want. Let's be real. No, you give them one. <laughs> I give them, no, no, no. We take cigarettes too. I have a, oh, I have a uh, part of my nonprofit is to collect cigarettes and make sure oh. they. That's not. That yes. is not even slightly okay. true. I want you to give one last truth bomb. So a truth Ooh. bomb is like thirty second take. I mean, we've had a ton already. No, we didn't. But I want one. So when people get done watching this show, obedience, sober sacrifice. That was one already. Yeah. Um, What's one that you think would be good oh. for people to hear right now? Okay. So, ch chapter, I think, 12 of my book. There's a story in there. There's a bunch. There's one story about a fugitive of the law who comes to my show and at the end asks me to turn, help him turn himself in. He came to my show just to laugh. And because I said something in the midst of it, oh, that's what I'll share. I said something in the middle of my comedy and uh, this guy says, he comes up to me at the end of the show in tears and he wants me to help him turn himself into the authorities. So I call the police. They show up. Mm. This dude gets in the back of the squad car. So what I, in life, 
When I'm on stage, there's gaps. While people are laughing, I'm listening between the gaps. The question I used to ask is what comedy can I do to get more laughs from people? God changed my question to what can I give to my audience? And when that question changed, everything changed. Because now I'm not looking just for laughter, I'm looking for an opportunity to give. Mm -hmm. So what I would leave your audience with is in your life there's gaps. What question are you asking in between the gaps? Are you asking a question of what can I get? Or are you asking a question of what can I give? And if you don't know the answer to that question, I think you know the answer to that question. It's an answer of what can I get? Ever since the fruit, that's what we've been asking. Right. But if you ask a different question, you're going to get a different answer and it will change your life and maybe someone else's life too. Because I know my life has been changed as a result of asking that question. Yeah, asking the best questions is, it can completely change your perspective. So thank you for sharing that. I love your heart of generosity. Mm -hmm. um, And you have been so generous with the gift that God has given you and that is humor. So I just so encourage our listeners to go check out everything that you're doing because we just, um, I think we need laughter. We need joy, uncontainable joy. And that's what God wants to give us. He wants to give us uncontainable joy, a fountain. We want to be overflowing with joy and peace. And those are the things that you're doing for people. So thank you're you for being on the show. Awesome. Thanks for having me on Woman of Faith. It was yes. women, but it's just, it's just one lady now. So, <laughs> woman of Faith. Well, hopefully but, it's women. <laughs> well, because you guys are watching. Hey, so we're going to do this bonus story. Can I do a bonus story? Sure. This isn't, you don't have to use this for this. You can use this for... Sure. So I felt like I should share the story. So I'm doing my comedy show, and I'm listening between the gaps. And I say something about, there's a purpose for you. There's something great that you can do. There's a setup, and there's a punchline. You can do something. I don't remember what I said. But I'm listening between the gaps, and I'll say whatever. So I say what I say, and then afterwards, there's an autograph line. I'm signing autographs. And this lady walks up, and she says, I get it now. And she just walks off. I was like, you didn't get anything. You didn't buy a book. You didn't get a CD. You didn't, you didn't get anything. But I forgot about it. I come back a year and a half later, and that lady shows up. She's like, do you remember me? And I don't have a colorful past or anything. So for a minute, I was like, uh, I'm looking for kids or something. I'm like, what? No, I'm just playing. Um, and she says, uh, and I did remember her, actually. I said, I, I do remember you. You was like, you just said something random and walked off. She said, yeah. She's going to tell you what happened. So we finished up the autograph line, and I said, um, I said, what happened? She said, well, I, I'm a school teacher. She said, when I came to your show, I was in a really bad place. I, was, I had a minus $137 in her bank account. Mm-hmm. She said her friend gave her a ticket to the comedy show and said, you got a lot of pressure under your, on you right now. Just go laugh for a little while. So she comes to the comedy show. She laughed. She said, but then, Michael, you said something like you were speaking directly to me. And I knew what I had to do. See, earlier that day, not only did she have this financial pressure, but her favorite student came to her and said that she's not going to be coming back to school anymore because her mom was going to prison. She never met her dad before, and she didn't want to get caught up in the foster care system. So she said she just came to the comedy show. She didn't know what she was going to do. And then when I said what I said, she was like, I get it now. I know what to do. She went home and called the student and said, I don't know what this looks like. Why don't you come live with me for a little while? Wow. So she brings the student into her house. And that's the show was on a Friday night. On Sunday, they're unpacking her clothes and said, we're just going to figure this out together. And the teacher finds a suicide note dated for Friday. Oh. 
and then the, and then the, and then the teacher looks at me and says since that night I've I've adopted her wow and her sister wow would you like to meet them they're right behind you wow and I can't even turn around yeah I'm done getting emotional mm -hmm. but what what really happened I just listened to between the gaps and asked a different question but so did the teacher right she started asking a different question yep. And the results is she changed the lives of two people, and there's no telling how many lives will be changed as a result of them. And that so. brings me all the way back to what I first said at the very beginning of the show, your anointing that God has given you that you've actually chosen to use. Like you have just been obedient through your life to mm -hmm. do what God has asked you to do. Look at the people that you're changing. I mean, that's one story of thousands and mm. hundreds of thousands, I'm sure, that I'm you've serious. changed for people. You're so awesome. I'm so glad we did this. Yes. Like good. really, really, really glad. We'll have to do another show very soon. For real. I'm going to go change <laughs> shirts. I'll be right back. <laughs> show was brought to you in part by Faithfully Fit and Free, ICCI, and OneShare. To learn more, go to womenoffaith.com.